where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Shearer's podcast. We're back with Season 6, Episode 9. I'm James. I'm Troy. It's a good episode, Troy. It's a good episode. Big, big fan of this one. Much to love in this. You like Mark Twain? You like bad accents? Bad accents, Colonel Sanders lookalikes, all of that. Got you covered. Can't move for accents in this episode. Can't move for it. This is, it's just something else was released on the 26th of November, 1987, was directed by James Burroughs and written by Shri Aiken and Bill Steinkellner. Shall we start off with perhaps one of the strangest cold opens? It's a bit odd, wouldn't it? It's like David Lynch wrote it. (laughs) Sam comes in and he's late for work and goes off on a real tangent. Boy, you will not believe what happened to me. I made a right-hand turn onto Boylston and ran right into this stupid parade. Then my car backfired and scared the tar out of these two cute little poodles and tutus that were dancing by. Dancing poodles. Yeah. Anyway, the dog spooked and, and ran, ran away, and, and this cute little girl in blue sequins ran after them, right in front of this little car full of clowns that swerved to miss her, and the car ran right in front of this elephant. The elephant reared up, Threw this swami guy off that was riding on his tusk. Just the most elaborate lie about being late. Uh, and Rebecca says, why don't you just tell the truth? You're late. You know, just be honest. And then we see the entrance to the bar and a ballerina and two poodles come in. <laughs> yeah, but the poodles walking on their hind legs. On their hind legs, like like we humans. Swore. <laughs> people watching this episode of cheers sitting down the dinner having a beer they just go look in the beer going what's in this (laughs) what's in this what's going on what's happened and sam just says okay well i slept in how'd you feel about that rebecca Hmm? how'd you like those apples the main episode is i suppose there's two stories one it follows woody's acting dreams and two it follows the cranes uh going on vocation yes yeah they seem quite stressed with their various aspects of their job. And at one point, it almost seems like a game of one-upsmanship as to who's kind of dealing with the, the worst thing. I'm simply trying to finish my drink. You'd understand if you'd had as trying a day as I have. The kind of day you've had. Lord, if I hear one more yuppie snivel about his inability to love, I'll smack him. <laughs> Boo, hoo, 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 hoo. I saw nine clients today with no lunch. I saw ten. 15 if you count multiple personalities. Oh, yeah? Well, you should have tried. Come on, please. Sam says, or Sam suggests, rather, that they need some time off. They need a holiday, need themselves a little vacation. And whilst they say, no, couldn't possibly do that, could possibly take time off, Lilith says, clear my calendar if you can. So they do. I wish it was that easy. Uh, If psychiatrists can do it, surely, surely. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I don't think Fraser's a particularly good psychiatrist. She seems to hate his patients. You can't have everyone you work with or for, but there doesn't seem to be anything he loves about them, does he? There's a lot of hate in this show. <laughs> there, is, there's a, there is an awful lot of hate. It should have come with a disclaimer at the start. What you pour in there, Sam? Just a nice pint of hate, Norm. Just, yeah, just a nice cold glass of fury. <laughs> <laughs> So we see that Woody is late for work. Rebecca's questioning where he is. And so it actually turns out that he's left some flowers 
as an apology for being late. Please deduct some of my wage. Rebecca says that's and that's how you you apologise for being late. That's how you'd be late. First and only time I've seen that happen. Makes us look bad. <laughs> oh mate, if I if I had to give you flowers every time I was late for us meeting up, uh, you you wouldn't be able to move in your room for flowers. I've still got a flower in the kitchen you bought me last time you went out. <laughs> There we go. And that wasn't for being late. That was that was just me being nice. Yeah. <laughs> we were at the uh, bar slash nightclub and this woman selling sending flowers came around. Troy graciously bought me a rose, which is kept in my kitchen. That's right. Oh, yeah. Dry it out, press it, put it in a book, frame it. There you go. <laughs> anyway, back to the episode. Sam actually turns out he knows where Woody is. And Carla says, I know that you know. I'm a mother of children. I know when they're lying. I know when they're holding back secrets and I'll get it out of you one way or another. So Sam confesses uh, and it turns out that Woody's actually auditioning for a play. Which is nice. Yeah. Have you done any theatre work in your in your time? Yes. I, I've done a few, done a few musicals mm-hmm. and I've done a few pantomimes as well, as well as more. Pantomimes? As, pantomimes, yeah. What? As well as a couple of um, dramatic pieces, but yeah, musicals. I uh, did My Fair Lady and Fiddler on the Roof. Nice. Yeah. Fiddler on the Roof has some great drinking songs. Ah. To life, to life, l'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim, to life. <laughs> Sounds like something I probably need to watch, and in that case, I'm a sucker for musicals if there's songs in there about having a booze up. As, as you can vouch, I'm not the best singer. Um. <laughs> it helps when you know the song that you're singing yeah yeah or rather know the artist <laughs> i think i've got a reputation at that bar now <laughs> what about you have you been on stage only as like a school plays and stuff like that not kind of outside of school but a standout and it's it's only because i also very much enjoy the film but we did bugsy malone oh yes that is a good one and i played the role of fizzy the guy that sweeps the bar at fat sam's grand slam and so i had to do a solo of a song called tomorrow just me and a little broom just sweeping around singing under a spotlight so i enjoyed that a lot that was cool um but it's not anything i've done since i prefer to be behind the camera or directing producing i'm not much of an actor We'll collab is what we'll do. But yes, yeah, so but Woody, Woody wants to fulfill his dreams of acting. Real life Woody Harrelson has achieved that and beyond. He's uh, the only Oscar nominated main actor of Cheers. So Woody enters the bar and Cliff says, if I knew you wanted a roll so badly, I'd have gone to the bakery. Whee! Superb. Love a terrible pun. Cliff doesn't have children, but he loves a dad joke. <laughs> the master of dad jokes even though not a dad. Yeah, so he comes in. This is obviously off the back of them just finding out that he was going for an audition and, you know, sounding like they very much wanted to kind of keep it under wraps and and not make too big a deal about it to Woody. And yeah, Cliff goes straight in for the jugular as soon as Woody walks in after his audition. Like a Bruce Lee move. That's it. (laughs) Then the, is it the theatre director that comes into the bar or the guy that's kind of like leading the play? Leading Leading the play, leading the auditions, yeah. He comes into the bar and uh, Woody initially thinks that he got the part, uh, but it turns out he didn't. However, he is offered to be an understudy instead. Which is 
good deal. What What does the role of an understudy entail, do you know? Yes, I do. It's if the actor in role is sick or unable to make a performance. So if they've got food poisoning, something where they're unable to perform. So they're essentially a backup. Backup actor, yeah. So he's offered to be the understudy. Rebecca, however, says he can't do that and he's he's needed there on nights at the bar. He sort of pleads and, and gets across that it's his dream to act. Puts on a bit of performance then and there on the spot. I need to, <laughs> I need to, this is my dream. And she succumbs to it and says, I want him. And after the guy leading the auditions uh, leaves the bar, Carla actually says he's the janitor at her kid's school. Yeah, which does not bode well. No. Because he says to Woody, don't worry, just keep auditioning. I went through a lot of auditions before I got a part. And Woody goes, as many as me. Well, no. <laughs> but, you know, he seems to know what he's talking about. He reminds me a lot of, and I think it must have been a kind of cliche or stereotype of theatre director, because he reminds me a lot of when John Lovitz played that theatre director in The Simpsons, A Streetcar Named Marge. Yeah. I've had three successful musicals and three heart attacks. I'm hoping for a fourth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the, with the ponytail and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, yeah. Typical. <laughs> His name is uh, Griff Palmer, is the name of this character. Okay. So I don't know if it's later in the evening or if it's you know the following day, but Woody comes into the bar and he's dressed up uh, like Mark Twain. However, I thought it was Colonel Sanders. He's got the the flowing grey wig and, and, and the tash and the glasses and the white suit and the, the Kentucky kind of tie, and he's constantly in character. Uh, Rebecca asks him behind the bar if he can get some change, and he just change, and he just keeps quoting Mark Twain. Woody, would you run upstairs and get some change? Ones and fives, new bills if they've got. Ah, uh, let us not be too particular. It is better to have old second-hand diamonds than none at all. Do you think you could manage it without any quotes? I could do it as easy as falling off a log. Woody, just do it. When angry, count four. When very angry, swear. Damn it! There you go. I mean, a very influential author, because uh, I think it's The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, was the first novel written on a typewriter. Oh, really? It was one of Mark Twain's book. It was either Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer. Oh, yeah. another fact to snack on. I, uh, I've not read much Mark Twain, but we have described Woody as a kind of Mark Twain character. You know, this boy from the deep country in America going out to explore the world. He's from uh, Florida, Missouri, was Mark Twain, born in 1835. It says here, Mark Twain was an American humorist, novelist, and travel writer. Today, he's remembered as the author for The Adventures of Tom Sawyer in 1876 and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn in 1885. Twain is widely considered as one of the greatest American writers of all time. I have a favourite Mark Twain quote, which is, rumours of my death have been greatly exaggerated. (laughs) I like that. If I had to pick one from what I can see in front of me, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Well, that's beautiful. It's nice, isn't it? Love that. As you know, you know another good quote of his, finger looking good is a lesser known Mark Twain quote. It is, yeah. Uh, And also you'll... You'll never find out my secret recipe. Yeah. Is it yeah. pork? Is it is, is it Woody's special? Is it pork? <laughs> so yeah, Woody comes in, uh, dresses Mark Twain, very much kind of method acting, staying in character, quoting all the time. And then a little old lady walks into the bar, a lovely old lady. Adorable. She is. By the name of Mary. And she tells Woody that he's very talented. And it appears that she's got quite the soft spot for him uh, as they 
converse across the bar. He tells her jokes and, and one-liners and quotes. And uh, yes, she's she's quite smitten, bless her. She's recently widowed. Indeed, yes. She's just charmed by Woody, a.k.a. Mark Twain. They start a lovely friendship. Although later in the episode, it does kind of address the, suppose, inappropriateness of what could be perceived as flirtation, I think it's still quite wholesome. I do. I think it's wholesome. I think it's very sweet. Unlike the woman in the previous episode who was behind the bar just licking her lips staring at Woody. Vicious cougar. (laughs) Mary's just there just having a chat. She's just, yeah, she's discussed it later on sort of thing, but she's, she's lonely. She's widowed. She just wants some company and she sees something nice and she sees something wholesome and genuine and kind and gentle in Woody. And that's why she gravitates to him. And that's why this friendship is there. Let's talk about the cast. B.B. Neweth as Dr. Lilith Sternen. Uh, coincidentally, this is the first episode Lilith has appeared two episodes in a row. There's a, probably a better way to phrase it. But yeah, two episodes in a row for Lilith. Anne Putoniak as Mary. She also appeared in Hill Street Blues, Aftermash, The Wizard of Loneliness, Golden Years, ER, Becker, Unfaithful, Law and Order, and many others. John Paragon as Griff Palmer, the theatre director. He also appeared in Cheech and Chong's next movie, Airplane 2, the sequel, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Spaceballs, Pee-wee's Playhouse, The Elvira Show, Seinfeld, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, and many more. In the cold open, we of course had Brigitte as Circus Girl. No surname is given, and this is her only acting role. But she also played herself in, and I think you'd like this, National Song Festival, which I think is a Danish, and Countdown Grand Prix 2001. Yeah, song festival, anything involving songs, and it being a festival. I mean, to me, that sounds like some sort of celebration of musicals in a festival environment. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reading from the title there. That is something, certainly something I'll go to. It's national with three A's. National. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I love a musical. That sounds right up my alley. I'd go to that. Interesting fact about the title of this episode. It's uh, named after the novel Puddinhead Wilson, written in 1894. Nice. There you go. I have a fact about this episode. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not revealed until a little later in the ah. episode. So. Once we get to that point... Well, you're teasing me with facts now. You're giving me like a a menu of facts. A smorgasbord, if you like. When I first heard that word, I said to my parents, said the phrase smorgasbord, and I went, well, you have to find something for smorg to do then. (laughs) Entertain smorg. (laughs) Leaving them sat there bored. Smorg demands activities. Smorg demands entertainment. Schmork has no time in their life for boredom. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the cast and a little obscure wordplay for you there. Let's, uh, shall we touch back on the cranes, see what they're doing. They've gone off to the Caribbean, isn't it? There's a particular island they mention, and it escapes me now. I don't remember where specifically it is. St. Thomas and Nassau. Nassau, that's it. It's tropical. Tropical. That's all you need to know, yeah. Yes, they come in and announce they're going on a cruise there. They dress up in their best shipmate costumes and matching shirts and white linen trousers and yeah couple goals couple goals <laughs> we go to towards the end of the evening where woody and mary are sat down enjoying a drink together at a table off the bar mary leaves she says her goodbyes and she tells carla upon leaving that she really likes woody would like to possibly see him again 
which is very sweet. Very, very sweet. It is. Yeah. Then we come to the following day, or rather following week, seven days have passed. Fraser and Lilith come back from their their cruise, which Fraser has picked up. Possibly one of the worst Caribbean accents I've heard. I'm partly Caribbean, and I can't even do a Caribbean accent. We'll just play the clip. Hello, man. I'm sorry, uh, Limbo Nights Tuesday, man. Hey, man, you stop with a bad mouth style, and I'm going to have to bop you on the head with a banana board, man. <laughs> Fraser, please cut the calypso. Isn't it enough the cab driver already took a swing at you? It's aged like milk. Like... <laughs> Milk left out in the hot Caribbean sun is how that's aged. Though Lilith is aware of how how wonderfully, wonderfully sensitive it is. <laughs> <laughs> Once we move past that terribly sensitive accent, Woody comes in, still dressed up, and he's taken Mary out for some food and some dancing, and they've had a, a lovely evening. But he can't seem to find the right way to tell her that it's all a disguise and, you know, it's all part of his acting and his uh, his involvement in being an understudy. It's just my acting power. That's exactly it. <laughs> he is defending that they're still not going on a date, despite that, that they've gone out for food and drinks and dancing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's every night of the week by the sounds of it. Yeah, he's adamant it's not a date. But Mary comes into the bar. She's very thankful, very grateful of the, the time that they've spent together for Woody being so so kind and gentle, and as a token of her appreciation, gives him her husband's old pocket watch. That's a big gesture, that is. That's a huge gesture. Yeah. Yeah. She must think very highly of young Woody. He asks the guys at the bar for advice, and they say... Norm goes, could do worse. <laughs> could do- <laughs> Before he tells her, though, Mary says that she's been very lonely, and that's why she's enjoyed hanging out. And after losing her husband, her friends have either kind of moved on, moved away, passed away, and uh, she doesn't have much time to to socialise or doesn't really have many people to socialise with. Um, and before she can continue her story, Woody bellows out that he would like her to marry him. Calm down, Woody. <laughs> Calm down, Woody. Come on now. It's, it's been a week. <laughs> and uh, Mary just goes, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Get out of here. Uh-uh. No chance. No way. No, sir. No. You're a lovely young man. You know I'm young. And she goes, yes. Yes, of course. I know. Much, much younger. I think she says, I couldn't marry you. I'm older to be your nan or three times your age. But she says the age doesn't matter because she enjoys his company. Which is lovely. Yeah. And that's 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 kind of how they, they end it sort of thing. They agree to meet up again, though. But she says to leave the wig at home next time. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but it is sweet meeting up for a pot roast though aren't they they are Sounds a Saturday pot roast yeah, seven herbs and spices lovely probably yeah love that yeah love a pot roast but after she leaves Woody's disappointed uh, that he's not been able to kind of show his acting skills and how much he's been working on them somebody makes a suggestion that he does it here he performs it in front of the whole bar and he does they're an idiot but they want to empower him they want to they want to give him the platform they want to show that they care and he's clearly been working hard i don't think he's changed out of that outfit for an entire week (laughs) the odd thing i find about this though is that none of the fellow actors are there and they ask woody to perform which pays off when you see what the punchline of this is but yeah. because it's only one person acting, you don't have context of the play. Like, there may be a bit where Mark Schmidt goes, hey, you shut up. <laughs> Calm down, Mark. 
you know. <laughs> he acts it out, whips out a cigar. I think he looks quite the part. I think he nailed it. We put the quote in because it's a it's a great quote. It's it's a great quote, but you could tell the writer was just been like, like, no, don't analyze my work. Just just enjoy it, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to watch a four-hour play, then you don't, you don't get to complain. Persons attempting to find a motive in this narrative will be prosecuted. Persons attempting to find a moral in it will be banished. Persons attempting to find a plot in it will be shot. But then he sits there, smokes the cigar, stays silent... Puffs away, and uh, everyone at the bar looks slightly confused as to why he's not continuing with the dialogue. Uh, and it turns out that that's his only line until Act Four. <laughs> There's no one else there to act it with him, and that's how our episode ends. A mostly wholesome episode. It was. Mary found some kindred spirit in Woody. She found someone she could talk to, someone she could hang out with, and trust. I think, and trust as well. Yeah, which is really lovely. And Woody gets to perform. In front of a crowd of people. It may not have been what he first envisaged, but he's got to perform in the place that he works, in front of the people that he serves all day. Ah, that's nice. And the Cranes got a nice, nice holiday. It was a mostly wholesome episode. It was just, it was just Frasier uh, ruined it a little. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. We'll gloss over that. It's fine. Gloss over that. (laughs) They did suffer food poisoning for three of the seven days that they were and i think that's karma frazier i think that's-, that's karma for doing a duff accent yeah i think they had the nice f- first few days and then they got food poisoning and then the medication they took to combat that made them sleep for the remaining four days that brings us to trivia <laughs> i don't know why trivia. i was trivia questions questions Trivia, questions for your head. You've got to have a jingle for that. Before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. Anyway, I've got a couple of questions here. I have four. Four. I've got one. What are Lilith and Fraser's names for each other at the start of the episode? Um, Joy to give you a hint. Yes. They are food related, sugary food related. Suckle, honey suckles, I don't know, fruit pastel, I don't know. <laughs> Jelly bear and moon pie. Right. What's a moon pie, James? I thought it was a tasty, tasty dessert. A moon pie, stylized as moon pie, oh, all one word, is an American confection popular across much of the United States, which consists of two round graham crackers with marshmallow filling in the center, dipped with a chocolate flavor coating. Jesus, that's amazing. It's a wagon wheel. It's, it's a, wa- a wagon wheel, basically, without the jam. That's exactly what it is. That's going to be a house special, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry for that minor translation. Our simple Brits went, moon pie? You can't bake a moon. You can, you playing at? <laughs> However, we do have a sweet called the Jelly Baby, which isn't much better. It's a, yeah, and they're literal jelly babies. Yeah, they're all right. Uh, anyway, I have a question for you. Woody tells Mary when his birthday is. In a moment in the episode, towards the end, uh, when he asks her to be his gran instead, grandma or nan, nanma, whatever you want to call it. But what's his birthday? 
July 23rd. Correct. And what's special about that? It's uh, Woody Harrelson's birthday. It's Woody Harrelson's actual birthday. Yes, that's correct. He reached the, a big one recently. He reached the big 6-0 recently, did Woody Harrelson. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he's still still going strong. What else you got for me? Throw me some more of your trivia. Oh, I'm going to hurl this question at you. What three roles was Woody auditioning for in this play? Uh, Mary's new husband, uh, <laughs> Mark Twain, and Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Mark Twain was one of them. One of the guys from the Algonquin Round Table, or your boy Satan. Oh, your boy. Ah, that was it. Satan. Because of the name of the play. The play is, of course, called Authors from Hell. When Mary says that Woody is Mark Twain, he tells her that she reminds him of Emily Dickinson, one of the authors from Hell. And she goes, well, I don't really like her material, but that's a bit harsh. (laughs) Final question. What was Mark Twain's real name? Um, Colonel Sanders. Samuel Langhorn Clemens. Where did Mark Twain come from? Don't know. <laughs> no idea. Twain on the brain is uh, is how to remember that one. Twain on the brain. That brings us to last call. We've got many things for you to check out at Patreon. You could even be a guest on the podcast yourself. That you could. No performance requirements necessary. Don't need to have been in any theatre. Uh, you know, Twainian or otherwise. Just, just chat. Could talk about KFC. You also don't need to change your name to Twain. So no. it's fine. It's, it's easy. Easy done. <laughs> uh, how special, though. I like the sound of this moon pie. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan of wagon wheels. So yeah. anything that features got a biscuit, chocolate. Oh, you you know me. I love biscuits. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Oh. Big fan of that. Troy and I are going to go off and gorge our face on, on marshmallow and chocolate biscuits. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.